following on from uh, Natalie's net chicks. Um, <laughs> I also play a team sport in my spare time. Uh, there's not a one-size-fits-all solution. Yeah. Um, so as a team, we've proposed the idea of sustainability champions. Events like the heat wave we've just experienced this week—it's a—it's a real stark reminder of, a, of the need to take action now um, if we're really going to try and make a positive change. Hi everyone, and welcome to the podcast. My name's Pete Hughes, and as usual, I'll be your host for this latest episode of Altrad Uncovered. For this podcast, I'm joined by not one, but two guests to talk about, amongst other things, sustainability and our journey to carbon net zero. So a warm welcome to Colin Burr from our operations up in Aberdeen in Scotland and Jordan Creed from our Sizewell B operations in Suffolk, England. Colin, Jordan, delighted you could join me. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Pete. Thanks for the invitation. It's good to be here. Yeah, hi Pete. Yeah, thanks for having us today. Okay, well, let's get straight into this then. Sustainability and carbon net zero. I mean, they are huge topics, not just for Altrad, but for every business and and for everyone. So tell me, how did you two guys become front and centre of Altrad's approach? Yeah, so it all began when Colin and I joined the Altrad Accelerator Program. Okay. Uh, as the listeners heard last month, uh, it's, a, it's a course designed to develop skills and build useful support networks within the business, um, as well as getting exposure to other aspects of the company you know, outside of our normal nine-to-five job, I suppose. Yeah. Um, as part of the program, the teams are given the chance to work on a strategically important project for Altrad. Uh, and, and Colin and myself... Uh, we joined with two other colleagues, Graham Palmer uh, and Andy Scott, uh, to work on the, the challenges that carbon neutral and net zero um, poses to the business. Okay, so uh, you took the easy project then, am I right? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> it's certainly an interesting one, Pete. <laughs> okay, um, so turning to you for a moment then, Colin, how, how did you and the team approach the project and how did you get it off the ground? Yeah, I think just what you said before, Pete, it's a it's a really, really big, big topic yeah. um, and a really big undertaking. So first, like, we need, really needed to get to grips with, with just what it was the business was setting out to achieve by, by 2030. Yeah. Really un- to really understand just how best to approach that. I think once we defined that, we began to realise just how huge this this task and this project, and you know, it's, it's going to run for years and years. Yeah actually was for the business and you know, we really needed to find a, a motivation not just for the business but I think from a personal perspective um, almost a almost a reason why um, yeah. and I think you know looking at it from a from a sort of personal perspective kind of gave us a bit more a bit more of a sort of motivation to, to really get it get it off the ground okay well that's interesting so how did that turn out I think our motivation and our, and our reason why it had to be bigger than the four of us it had to be bigger than a accelerator project or even the business itself. So, you know, most of us in the group are parents. 
Yeah. And you know, I think events like the heat wave we've just experienced this week, it's a it's a real stark reminder of the of the need to take action now. Um, if we're really going to try and make a positive change. Um, you know, to help us make the change as a business, you know, we really had to look outside our business for help. Um, we've aligned with a, a company called The Planet Mark, who are, have helped us to benchmark our, our CO2 emissions, and they're, they're supporting us now in achieving our year-on-year uh, re- reduction targets. Okay. Yeah, thanks, thanks Colin. I mean, that's a, a great point you make about climate change and the need for action and um, and you're right the recent heat wave was unprecedented um <laughs> to be honest it's been the first time in my life i've ever wanted to travel to aberdeen for the weather <laughs> <laughs> so some uh, some great insights in there and uh, and and some great progress um so now we have all our co2 emissions validated and targets set what are, what are the next steps in development? Let, let me throw that question over to you, Jordan. Yeah, so as, as you can imagine, Pete, uh, there's not a one-size-fits-all solution. Yeah. Um, so as a team, we've proposed the idea of sustainability champions. Um, and the n- nominated sustainability champion will do four things. Um, so they firstly need to raise awareness for carbon reduction. They'll need to engage with the client to ensure that we get their full support because that's going to be really important. Yep. Um, thirdly, they'll they'll need to calculate their site specific carbon footprint, um, which is something that not many not many companies do. No, agreed. I think that I think many of our clients are going to find that really interesting. Yeah, uh, and lastly, th- they'll just need to be responsible for achieving the the reduction targets that that we're going to set. Um, so it, it sounds like quite a big task for them. Um, so we're going to be upskilling them um, using the Planet Mark workshops uh, to give them a bit, of, bit more knowledge and understanding about it. Um, and also we're going to be rolling out the sustainability uh, promotional campaign. So that'll give them a bit of backup. Okay. So, so how do you feel that that will all be received? Well, actually, interestingly, we've um, conducted a trial at Sizewell um, with our client EDF. Uh, and and they really welcomed the news. Yep. Um, they thought it was really great that that one of their primary contractors is now leading the way uh, in reducing their emissions. Uh, I just think it's opened the door for a really positive uh, sustainability partnership, uh, and hopefully that's going to spread throughout the fleet. That's a that's a really great idea, and and really pleased that EDF have embraced that approach. Um, and of course, we are part of their scope, scope three carbons emissions. So you, you can understand why why they'd be very excited about that as yeah. an approach. I certainly look forward to seeing the initiative gathering momentum across our business. Um, so really looking forward to that. So if I may, let, let me narrow the discussion down a little bit to our, to our carbon footprint. What, what would you say are the big ticket items that you think we should be focusing on right now? Yeah, that's, that is an excellent question. So interestingly, out of the 5,100 tonnes of carbon that we produced last year, 60% of it was from diesel fuel in our fleet travel. Okay. Uh, so as a team, we've looked into lots of low carbon alternatives. Uh, it was a bit of an eye opener for us as we explored some of the ways that, that we can change the way uh, we operate as a business. Um, some of the suggestions that we've we've included are electric vehicles, mm-hmm. uh, things like electric golf buggies and cargo bikes um, as an alternative for moving men around, moving materials and tools around sites. Yep. 
Um, the, the list was huge. What else was that called? Yeah, I remember there was, I mean, what's on the market would actually, it was actually quite staggering. Um, you know, something else we, we, we looked to, to introduce, certainly in the summer months, were solar power floodlights, solar power generators, um, you know, things that, you know, traditionally really burn diesel. Um, so having those on site would really help us to reduce our emissions. Yeah, no, well, thanks, guys. Um, there's certainly a lot there to go at, and it's nice to see that, you know, many of those thoughts will flow uh, into our sustainability and, and carbon net zero strategy. Um, so, Colin, I, I appreciate you've done a fair bit of work on this topic. So how will we move what, you know, your thoughts and all the great work you've done um, from the paper to the pavement, so to speak? It's a good point, Pete. And you know, to be honest, it's really it's really easy to have have words and ideas on on paper. Yeah. But I think the first piece of this puzzle is is really to make the entire business aware that it's something we're we're not only serious about, but we've actually already kick started. Yeah. Um. You know, some of the listeners may have already seen the uh, the carbon reduction poster campaign that started on our social media channels, and, yeah. and that's soon going to be rolled out rolled out across all of our our business and our operational sites. Um, you know, it's it's posters. It might seem insignificant, but it's a visual representation of our direction, and that really does begin to create a mindset, which you know, arguably we've we've probably never really had. Yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah, I think ultimately the identification of our sustainability champions will, will create the vehicle that we need to really start taking action on a site by site basis, um, especially the competitive nature. Uh, of our site-based reduction targets <laughs> will add a bit of traction as well, I imagine. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I'd agree to that. Um, knowing a number of the personalities uh, that, that manage our different site operations, it's uh, it's certainly a very competitive landscape, so that's uh, that's all good. Uh, so thanks, guys. Some, some great points there. Lots for us to think about. Um, so thank you both for that. It sounds like a, a really extensive project. Uh, with plenty of challenges and, and plenty more for us to think about in the future. Um, and I really like the first point, you know, that was made earlier. Why are we doing this and, and what's our motivation? Um, clearly, you know, it's not just the right thing to do for today. It's the right thing to do for the future and, and for generations to come. Um, so if I may, could, could we just go back to that accelerator uh, management development program for a moment? How, how did you both find that? Uh, what, what I found extremely valuable, I think, was, was just how useful the networking aspect of the program has been. Yeah. Um, since September, I, I've reached out to a number of colleagues from the cohort for guidance, uh, expertise from their specific area. Yeah. Uh, a specific area of the business and I've been able to offer some advice in return actually yeah. which has been quite nice and with, you know without the program I wouldn't have made those connections yeah no actually I'd, I'd sort of um, I've had similar feedback before from others so that's really great news and um, same question to you Colin I guess broadly similar in terms of in terms of my my answer here it's you know from a personal perspective the cross-section of the participants um, in our in our cohort really for me helped to break down the barriers between kind of operational and, and functional teams of our business yeah you know, for instance you know my role doesn't naturally lead me to communicate with people in say finance or procurement very often so you know working in teams with those guys um on the on the course solving the problems completing the tasks 
it was great and it really generated some diverse thinking, which I think in turn helps to develop your own approach and thought processes. And, you know, for me, I guess that really should be the, the aim of the programme. Yeah, no, that, that's that's great news. Um, you know, I guess for me personally, I can be quite sceptical about the value that comes out of those so-called sort of people development courses. <laughs> I guess it's my age, but uh, um, it seems to me, based on the feedback from you guys and others, we seem to really, really cracked it with that accelerator programme. So I guess uh, a quick shout out to Alex Spence, Tony Wally for, for all their hard work in pulling that programme together. Uh, huge well done for that. And, of course, that, that's a pint they now owe me when they next see me. Agreed. And I, I think as, as, long as, as long as each cohort that, that is, 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 takes part going forward is, is as diverse as the one we yeah. had, there'll always be a, a, a positive outcome from, from, that, uh, from that course. Absolutely. Okay. Um, as we're approaching the end of our time today, um, I'm sure the listeners would be really interested to find out a little bit more about you both. So um, firstly to you, Jordan, be, before you head back to our nuclear operations at Size Wellbeing Suffolk, could, could you maybe share with us something about your role, your life outside Altrad, and, uh, and if you've got one, an unusual fact that not many people might know? Yeah, so my role at Sizewell uh, is to act as the interface between EDF's investment delivery team and Altrad okay. uh, on all ongoing and upcoming projects. Uh, it's really busy at the moment, just basically because of the decision to extend the life of the power station for 20 years. Okay, so how, how do you find that? Well, as you can imagine, there's lots of things that need to be <laughs> changed, updated and replaced on site. A lot, of, a lot of the stuff have been there since construction. Um, I guess outside of work, following on from uh, Natalie's net, net chicks, um, <laughs> I also play a team sport in my spare time. Uh, I'm the captain of my local squash team, uh, and I play for Norfolk as well. Okay, uh, but but you're right on your first point, uh, Jordan. Natalie's net chicks netball team. It seems to have built up uh, quite a, quite a following since the last pod, podcast, <laughs> unsurprisingly. Um, so you play squash for your county. Crikey, that's a, quite an achievement. It's a fast-paced, highly energetic sport. Um, any advice for an old man like me if I wanted to take that up? <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, it's, it's never too late to start. <laughs> I, I think if it might be a bit too energetic, you might fancy playing racquetball. <laughs> I found it. It's good. It's good fun, and uh, it's not so hard on the knees. <laughs> well, you've worn me out just thinking about that lot, Jordan. Um, I think perhaps drinking squash for my county might be uh, might be more my thing. <laughs> <laughs> and and the same tricky question to you, Colin. Sure, I'm. I'm not sure I can top Jordan's un- unusual fact, but uh, <laughs> from a from a from a, a role perspective, my my role in the business is centered around the the upstream sector, uh, and by upstream, I mean anything. That happens offshore, we tend to term as, as upstream in the business. Yeah. Um. I'm from a day to day perspective. I'm responsible for much of our, our tendering and, and work winning activity. Uh. You know, not just in the UK, but you know, most recently uh, over in Denmark. Uh huh. And of course, Colin, you you don't need me to remind you of this, but business development, estimating proposals, 
regardless of what the operational people might think. It's the most important function in the business. Am I right? That's the lifeblood and the backbone of the business. <laughs> let's, let's, let's be honest. You're on message, Connie. You're on message. <laughs> um, I guess you know, outside of work, you know, I'm a, I'm a really big uh, rugby fan. Okay. Um, I've, I've played you know, most of my life. Uh, I'm still involved in my in my local club now, although it's on a, on a far more social setting these days. <laughs> You're a man after my own heart, there, Colin. <laughs> so, you know, from a from a, a work perspective, working at Altrad is 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 great because you know we've we've got a real alignment with the sport, yeah. um, and it's funny, you know, lots of my my friends and, and teammates, etc., they don't really know what we do, but they know Altrad. You know, they know the, yeah. the All Blacks beast. They know the France beast. They know the the Montpellier piece, they haven't got a clue that we're, we're, we're building scaffolds or <laughs> lagging pipes, but you know, they see us on TV all the time. No, I, I totally agree, Colin. It's um, it's a great fit for Altarad, actually. And uh, I guess, you know, much like those rugby teams, we, we, we have, you know, quite a big culture of driving, performance improving and, and striving to be the best we can be. Um, it's certainly, you know, a huge advantage in attracting apprentices and graduates into the business. And they seem to really like the association with those iconic, high-performing winning teams. Oh, it's, it's a great combination. Um, as I say, our, our brand being synonymous with those brands is yeah. you couldn't get any more high profile. Uh, it's, it's certainly made me um, probably... I'm, I'm at my most popular at, the, at my club and it's certainly nothing to do with my on-field performance I'll tell you that much. Um, I think everyone seems to think I've got unlimited access to, to free tickets and all the latest rugby merchandise uh, but uh, I'm not sure it's quite as true as they think it is. <laughs> There's a bit of a sideline there for you Connie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay guys well look unfortunately we've now come to the end of our time on the podcast today so let me take this opportunity to thank you both ever so much for sparing your time to join us today it's it's been a great chat and i've enjoyed it a lot it's been my pleasure pete thanks for having us on yeah me too thanks for having us yeah no thanks thanks again guys um so in concluding all that remains for me to do is to thank you the listeners for the time and please do continue to send in your feedback or suggestions for future guests to altrad.com dot uncovered at altrad.com. Thanks for listening.